Welcome, everybody, to another NPCs podcast. Of course, it's not a discuss. It's a what are you playing? Because we haven't talked about the video games we've been playing in forever. Uh, For us, let me open up my handy dandy calendar here. It is Friday, November 12th, 2021. And for you, it's probably maybe somewhere around the 16th of November. So happy almost Thanksgiving, I guess. Anyway, whatever. 2021 is almost done. Whatever. (laughs) Anyway, my name is Travis, of course, and... As you all know, I'm joined by the beautiful, the ever-talented, the the light at the end of the tunnel that helps me get through everything that is the podcast and all that. It's Kyle. What's up? Wow, that's some like super high praise right there. It's just you and me. I mean, who else am I going to praise here? Uh, I don't know, but that, that was amazing. <laughs> uh, very uplifting. <laughs> oh, geez, man. So we, we have not actually done one of these in a while. We... Uh, uh, let's just let's just put it like this you and i sat here for probably about the last half hour trying to figure out exactly what to do for like an npc's discuss which has kind of become our our regular thing because we enjoy the news and we just after going back and forth on everything we we just we didn't know what to do (laughs) we just didn't know what to do right i i mean I hope you were taking notes. I, I feel like we've got some topics coming down the pipe that people are going to enjoy, but... I have nothing written out. Sorry. Uh, well, uh, I, I'm sure we'll remember, hopefully. <laughs> you you are expecting a lot. You are expecting a lot of someone who just got over having COVID, so... The, uh, yeah, good, lu- well, good I'll, luck. I'll, I'll make some notes then. Uh, yeah, please but do. I don't know. I feel like th- this is a good, good place to be right now. Um, we haven't done one of these in a while. Um, almost two played, almost two months now yeah we've we've actually played some good games i i've actually almost completed some games <laughs> yeah no kidding god let's see you've still been working through mass effect uh oh, we've done some we did some more apex legends there at one point in time uh we did take part in both the halo infinite technical preview and the battlefield 2042 beta uh hmm I'm trying to think um, probably did some Battlefield 4 in there at some point in time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been, yeah, and then, uh, we've, yeah, I know you've been, I know there have been other things you've been playing, though, anyway, too. So why, why don't you go ahead and kick it off for us then? Like, because we're focusing and trying to, to refresh and renew ourselves by doing this podcast again, or at least these types of episodes again. What have you been playing lately, then, Kyle? Oh, man, what haven't I been playing? Uh, I, I just, some quick fires just cause, you know, I, it's stuff that I recently just kind of picked up again. Uh, some Binding of Isaac. I don't know if you've played that one ever at all, but. I have not, it, but I know what it is. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it's not. It is and isn't as intuitive as something like Enter the Gungeon. Same type of concept, simple, more simple rooms, more like 
Zelda-esque rooms almost for, for some of them because they're so small and the type of enemies and the enemy movement you deal with and also the the uh, way you have to uh, attack and think about how your attacks will work uh, because it's all straight lines, uh, straight vertical or horizontal lines. Now, you can kind of pitch some of your shots, but that's about it. Uh, so I played some of that and played some of Death's Door, uh, got a little further in that, played, I think, two more bosses, which, you know, if a lot of people say it's a Souls-like, um, for me, that that's much more like a classic-style adventure game with a hub okay. world. Um, it, I, I definitely would say, if you have a chance to check Death's Door out, um, definitely do it. it it's tons of fun. But, Moving on to the big one, I I picked up Metroid on release, and man, uh, being being a Metroid fan anyway, that one is it, it's the bee's knees. So I'm I'm not quite through it yet, um, but oh, I I'd, I'd have to say I'm probably about seventy percent of the way through there. Um, and I, I've been doing a lot of the, like, backtracking and item collection and stuff. And I've even got stuff that I shouldn't even have yet. Uh, whether it's because I backtracked and actually found it with items that you just obtain and they don't expect you to go back at, the, but, at that point. But doesn't the new, but doesn't this Metroid, though, allow you to collect that stuff even though you shouldn't have it, but it won't it let does. you use it? Yeah. So when you collect those items, um, it'll it'll tell you that you've collected an unknown resource but it's been added to your inventory. Ah, okay. So you'll you'll have when you go into your menu, it'll say you have that that collected resource, but it it's just a question mark in your inventory and it doesn't show up like on your on your main screen for like your your weapons or anything cuz that's what's been happening with super bombs uh a lot to me right now. Interesting. But, okay. Uh as far as progression goes, it, it's very smooth. I I felt like it was going to be really linear linear at first, but after you go back and forth like the first two, well, I I wouldn't even say two times because you you do like go like to an area and then you come back to the first area and then you go to another area and then come back and then you go to that second area and yeah, it you do a lot of hopping back and forth between some areas before you you move on to a greater area. So so really in the grand scheme of it all, a Metroid game. Very much so. I just I thought it was gonna be linear. It's not. I'm I'm at a point now because it doesn't it it's not handholdy at all. It's very much a classic Metroid. And I I set it down for I wanna say five, six days just because I didn't have the time to play and when I had put it away one night, I was playing. It was kind of tired, so I picked it up, and I spent probably two and a half hours wandering around, not knowing what I was supposed to do until I found what I was supposed to do. It does really seem like Dread is actually built for more of those hardcore Metroid fans and not necessarily for someone who's new to the series. Because I I even went back and watched like a uh, a whole... like history of metroid thing where they put like all the games in order to explain up to metroid dread and for as far back as as that as the game series actually goes and the way everything's intertwined and and whatnot 
I don't see Dread as being one of those that's made for a brand new uh, a brand new Metroid player. It just doesn't seem like that. Uh, like it's built like that. It seems more like these are for this is for the people like you or for like Ben who would um, you know who have played Metroid games for years. Mm-hmm. Is that about the case though? Like with the level of difficulty and even the back and forth that it's really made for those hardcore. Uh, Metroid not fans? necessarily I mean okay it, it definitely feels like it at times and like the, the there's one thing that I absolutely hate with the game and it's the encounters with the Emmys like there are times it'll get your your heart really pumping uh you, you'll be having to move through an area really really quick but if an Emmy catches you uh which are the like main one of the main bad guys in in the game um but you also obtain skills from them uh it gives you this window of opportunity where there's like a flash on the screen and you have like two or three frames uh of i i don't know like milliseconds to react to hit your your melee button to attempt to counter it and i i'd say that that's at like a uh, 65% or more failure rate well, there's even something still, though, like I watched a little bit of a playthrough and those Emmys just seem like they're more powerful than they should be, that you just have to stand there and blast them until you can take their effectively their face shield down and then hit them with what, a missile or a charged attack? Well, so you you basically have to go through an area and find for most of the, the game, you're finding new skills in order to progress to get to like this I don't I don't know if it's like a hive mind but it's like this brain thing uh that you have to shoot and you absorb a charge beam from and it's like an omega charge beam so um it's it's a special specific charge beam and you have to blast the door off the room once you exit the room that's the point that you actually get to attempt to attack the emmy at, at any point that you encounter the emmy and it's only in specific rooms mind you uh, that you actually encounter Emmys yeah, or I, specific areas, I should say. Because I would expect like those Emmys that if they were all over the map, like if they weren't segmented to different like areas, if they were all over and the level of difficulty it is to actually take one down in the first place, much less escape one effectively, it, it just seems like that would really be a problem for anybody playing the game in general, that it would be just a, a headache and a hassle to play the game. Oh yeah, yeah. No, they and they can be at times, especially when there's like one singular path to to get from one area to another, and you're you're almost damned to encounter one, like in right. between that area. So you either have to try and figure out how to jump over it and and get around it real quick. And some of them, like when you get later on, they'll have the run or boost skill, and it's like, well, how do I have to avoid them? You know. Maybe you just use your invisibility because you get like a cloaking at one point, but you know you you kind of have to adapt to each one and and the areas they're in uh, just to get past them until you get that omega beam. But once you get that omega beam, that's when you get to um, the first one. You get to just charge it up and shoot it, but then after that, you have to actually. Uh, use like the machine gun blast, uh, blow off the face shield, and then charge it. Like usually, run past it a few more times 
charge up the Omega Cannon and and shoot it and then go and absorb whatever skill you can or whatever you know health boost or whatever it is that that particular emmy contains okay okay i got ya it's been a lot of fun it's been tough um there's not a ton of like classic i i don't know they're they're almost retarded hard like puzzles to try and get just the the most mediocre upgrade like Oh, I need this this upgrade for one hundred percent. It's only three missiles, but I've got to figure out how to bl- blast three rockets, use a speed boost, and then you know do something else in order to get this single rocket pack. Um, they they have still some kind of dumb ones like that that you have to get, but it's fun. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I've just been enjoying the hell out of it. Well, good. I've put way way more time actually in my single one run than most people put into a single run. I think, and granted, I I will say there have been a few nights where I got on it and I was just way too tired to play and ended up falling asleep while I was in an empty room. So the the console timed out and shut down, but it added like two hours of play time, and I'm up to like sixteen hours now. And what's the total play time on the actual uh, on the full game though? Like I don't know if I've actually seen a uh for a hundred percent they say roughly about twelve hours. About twelve? Okay. And that's with all upgrades. I think that might also be if you know what you're doing. I'd pro- probably put it closer to like uh fourteen to sixteen for a full run, uh hundred percent not knowing what you're doing. Okay. No, that's and I, I so I am good. a little ways away. I, I think I have one ME left and of course, the uh, major big boss, the uh, Chozo that you run into at the beginning. So, Okay. Well, cool. Well, besides Metroid Dread, then, what else is there on your plate? Um, other than that, uh, it's just the ones that we've actually uh, both kind of come to talk about tonight. Uh, for starters, uh, Forza. Uh, that's the one I've been playing actually recently tonight. Same here. Uh, I... I've been having tons of fun with this one. I the the Horizon games are just so much more fun because you can add that extra level of arcadeness to it. Uh being able to go over just off road and go over dunes with, you know, a Lamborghini uh Huracano and it, do ridiculous stuff like that. Um yeah, tons of fun. I I've completed the first two area tickets, I want to say, and a bunch of the races at this point um got tons of signs Uh, the all the effects on on my computer i'd say are are fairly good except for one that i haven't really enjoyed was meaning to ask about that that's the dust effect what's what's wrong does it seem to like low res for the effect or is there something else Uh, well i i'm playing on ultra graphics at like i think it was uh even with uh rtx or whatever i think it's got rtx on it uh maybe not i could be wrong but on on ultra graphics i'm getting like 80 90 frames a second so i i i don't know it just looks weird i i don't know if it's one of those situations where um because the graphics get to that point where they're using so many tricks to make them look good when they're not that great, it looks bad again type thing. Uh, but 
I don't know. There are times where the sandstorms, they just look like a uh, PS2 level sandstorm in a video game or a GameCube level sandstorm. Hmm. Must yeah. be something then on your side because I have not even really seen that because I'm I'm playing Forza on the Series X right now. And I played it. I've played it in both modes. I've played it in quality mode mm-hmm. and performance mode. And performance mode is supposed to drop down the quality so you can actually hit the 4K 60 frames per second. But even there and on the quality side, like I didn't notice any of that. Like I would say actually everything looked pretty good. Uh, maybe the bigger, maybe the bigger difference, of course, though, is that it's like, what what's your monitor size though? Like what's your monitor size? Oh, uh, I think it's a. Tw- 27 inch 27 okay uh yeah because yeah, like i'm playing up on my 4k tv like it's a 65 inch 4k and i'm i feel like i'm far enough away from it to like have a good enough experience still but i'm not noticing that and yeah maybe it's maybe it's just me and you know how i perceive it but i i don't like the way the uh dust storms look yeah i mean but even so outside of that what about the rest of it though uh, everything else, it looks gorgeous, I think. Um, I don't know if you've had any hiccups. Uh, I, I will say I have had some weird hitches while, while I've been playing, especially when I've gotten in a convoy with my brother. Um, I'll see, uh, some odd Fata Morgana, like, almost type scenarios where cars are, like, hovering across the horizon line, and I'm like, what is going on? Like, like the actual roadway has not rendered in or something? Well, almost like, no, just like the straight-up Mirage type where you would see, Uh, like, you know how uh, Mirages cause boats to look like they're hovering above water? Yeah. That type of Mirage. Uh, But it, it just happens, like, randomly. It's like a weird graphic hitch. Uh, when I'm playing online, uh, that in the her like it'll it'll be in the distance, but I'll see like cars just like hover across the horizon line real quick, and I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> that's 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 one of the things I have yet to come across on the Series X. At least I haven't I haven't necessarily had a situation where I've seen something that's made me that's maybe been like, what? Huh? Why is it doing that? Yeah, I, I, like I said, I don't know if it was because. I was uh, playing in a convoy or, it, you know, what was going on. But it it's happened a few times uh, when, I, when I've been playing online with my brother, and it was just kind of weird. Nice. Uh, that and when I've been playing online, uh, when, it, when it's switching instances for a person, it's kind of weird. Like, they'll just it, – it'll say they're in the world, and they, they won't be, but then all of a sudden – they just like appear or like the weirdest one was I, I was like chasing um, a drive avatar of my brother while I was supposed to be in a convoy with him. And I was like, well, no, you're you're way ahead of me is what it's showing. And he's like, no, I'm way behind you. And yeah, no, sure enough, the uh, drive avatar drove way off and I couldn't couldn't find him anymore. Turned around and drove like a mile and a half back. And there he was just waiting for me. Hmm. It almost makes me think that there's some weird like desync issue. Because was your brother playing on PC or was he on Xbox? He was on PC as well. I wonder if there was some type of weird desync issue that just kind of hit you that way. You know, I I think that's kind of what it had to have been, just because of the way the the servers work uh, at times. I know, like like I said, 
it has to like migrate you into the same instance in order for you to play um, necessarily. So there will be times where you won't necessarily be in the same instance, but you'll start the start a race together, mm-hmm. and then it'll put you in the same instance. But if you're just like fiddling around in the real in in the uh, open world for a while, it maybe it just takes it a while for everything to migrate to the same instance and it, it just messes with the game a little bit. I don't know. On my side with Forza, like I, I haven't really run into any problems there. Like I, I haven't been in like a full online setting. I've been like, I've been in the instance where there have been other people driving around, but they're all just ghosts of themselves where you, you know, you can drive right through their, their avatar, uh, you know, and the only time you interact with them is if you actually do the online races. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you know, the people moving around in that, I haven't noticed anything that really stands out as a a bug or a problem or some type of sync issue. But I haven't played a game with anybody in my friends list on uh, Horizon Five yet. So no. maybe what we need, maybe what we need to do is between you and I is do a cross platform where you're on PC, I'm on my Series X. Let's bring them together and see if we run into the same issue that way. You know, maybe there's yeah. something, maybe, yeah. maybe there's some with the way that it handles better on the console side. So if I invite you in, maybe it'll sync up faster or something. I don't know. Um, maybe just some experimenting stuff though. But like my experience, at least with Forza Horizon 5 right now is I'm not as far in as you. I have not spent as many hours on there yet as you have. But from what I've at least been able to play so far, I've probably got maybe a good hour, hour and a half maybe in the game just mm-hmm. right now. But what I've experienced so far and the level of detail in things in the game right now, I'm very impressed. And I feel like moving from Forza Horizon 4 to 5 was just a natural progression that it was it wasn't like I was being thrown into a brand new game with all these brand new features and, and functionality. And that is that it's it's the mantra is that if it's not broke, don't fix it. That's exactly what I'm having here with Forza Horizon 5 is that I can hop right into it. Everything works the same way. It's just it looks better. That That's really it. Yeah, no, I I feel the same. I, I do kind of miss the uh, seasons from Forza 4. Um, I, I know they've got the whole season thing with the uh, Horizon events. Uh, right now, of course, is like the only time you'll be able to get a DeLorean suppo- supposedly. Um so I'm, I'm of course, trying my well, damnedest to get a DeLorean. I wonder if the seasons are a but... little bit different anyway, given that we're in Mexico now compared to Forza Horizon 4, which took place in the UK, where you could have that nice range of seasons. You know, you could actually well, have a spring, and... summer, fall, and winter, whereas in Mexico, you could have a winter, but mm. you're not really going to have like that winter where you're going to find snow on a beach. You're going to still see palm trees. It's going to be sunny out. It's probably not going to be until you get to the mountain. that's what I was thinking. It is. I I feel like they're probably not going to have weather being it is that it is in a mostly warm climate now. Um, other than like the rain and the sandstorms, um, it'd be really cool if they did something with like hurricanes, um, and, and heavier, uh, wind and like maybe even like maybe tornadoes or something. I don't know if that they- was. Yeah, and that was too many tornadoes in Mexico. That was going to be but... one of the things I talked about because you did the story mission where you had to go set up that new Horizon uh, beacon and that, like, you had to actually go up to like an old set of like Mayan or Incan ruins and that. Yeah, right. Yeah, and there was that weather event that was in there too, and I I agree with you. It's like I saw that weather event 
And of course, you're driving around in a a rally edition Ford Bronco. Uh, but yeah, it's like you had the rain. Uh, things were maybe a little bit slicker in a couple spots. I think there was definitely a traction issue I noticed as things got uh, mm-hmm. as there was more rain coming down. But I would love to actually see some more of those environmental variables actually take hold in this game. Like to see that like a hurricane is coming up on there in one of these these story driving missions that you have to go do. And, you know, you've got to avoid debris. You've got to swerve around that type of stuff to do it. You know, that would make it I would say that would definitely make it a hell of a challenge or at least an experience to kind of go through uh, as you continue to play this game. I mean, but even without that, though. Um, I think that the sandstorm that you run into, like in the, in the, the first part of the game where it's reintroducing you to the controls and the, uh, um, the, just the feel of Forza, uh, mm-hmm. that I thought that dust storm was kind of neat to drive into. Um, again, the storm up there when you're going to the ruins was pretty good. Um, but it, they just kind of feel like they're there to be there. And it just seemed like when you had left that dust storm at the beginning, it was just like, it was just gone it didn't feel like it was a subtle driving out of it it was just like oh you're driving into a dust storm okay everything went to an orange color because you're in the dust storm and now you're immediately out of it it was like huh well okay that's great that you incorporated this part but why is it i'm out of it so freaking quick well and i i feel like they they've really leaned into the cheese factor in this one uh, a whole lot more than any of the other previous horizon games now i know that horizon was never meant to be as realistic as the uh, the mainline uh, motorsport series, right? But I, to the same effect, like fall, like dropping out of a plane in a McLaren, that that McLaren would be toast. <laughs> I, I gotta say, I actually do like that. I like the idea of the of the. I assume it's a C one thirty. It. it has a different yeah tail, or, but, or something yeah i i mean i i i'm not not to like dog on the game too bad for the the lack of realism it, i i enjoy it it's still funny uh and and fun actually but i i just thought it was funny like that that opening segment it just it's so many unrealistic things just boom 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 you know right right I well, I like it though. I like Horizon in the sense that it's like you know, Forza Motorsports came out back in the Xbox days, the original Xbox days, mm-hmm. and it was there really more as a competitor to uh, Gran Turismo. And right. for any other game, like for Gran Turismo, it's always been the same type of game, no matter what. It's always been that professional type of racing game. So you got Forza Motorsports that meets that criteria as a challenger. But now you've taken the Forza series and spun it off where you still imprint the quality of the vehicles, you know, sounds, feeling, uh, drivability, uh, basically everything about the car itself. But you add in the the twists and experience that we had, you know, in prior uh, like prior driving titles like Need for Speed Underground and Burnout and you know, you've really crossed those boundaries and it ends up being an enjoyable experience without feeling too, too cheesy in the sense of like, like feeling like you're playing the old arcade cruise in USA, you know? Right. But I mean, to the same effect too, if you're, if you're a big motorsports fan, you can turn on the, all the realism stuff still and, you know, play with full damage if you really wanted to. And, oh yeah, absolutely. And try and race against people that, that aren't, but you know. Yeah, I mean, there are people that, playing this. If that's your prerogative, then 
Oh, yeah, there are people playing this with, like, full driving sim setups, you know, the seat, the steering wheel, the shifter, the the pedals. I mean, you know, they're playing with, like, somewhat of a a wraparound screen or a big enough, like, uh, a big enough uh, 4K TV that they can actually give themselves the impression of being inside the vehicle. So... Yeah, I mean, yeah, that there is that level of it. That's great that that's there, so that way it doesn't feel like the game is too, I guess, over the top in one sense or another. It, it, it really right. feels like it, it merges those boundaries, and, and the Forza Horizon series has done that very well. It just feels like 5 has been, you know, 5 didn't really mess with the formula. It added in a couple new things, but at the end of it, you know that you're playing a Horizon game no matter what, and it feels good. Right. Yeah, I I fully agree. Um, I I haven't really messed w- around with my vehicles too much. I don't know if you have. I tried to tune one, and of course, like normal, I jacked it up. So I I ended up having to save money actually, and uh, from other races, go like actually go out and do different races just so I could download someone other else's tuning, uh, so I could complete the race I was trying to do. But all of mine has been just like uh color changes and and um uh body changes and that's it like i haven't done anything that's actually involved the tuning yet because i don't know if i i don't know if i have a good grasp of what i would need to adjust on a vehicle to be able to provide some sort of bonus for whatever type of race i'm going to be getting into or or some type of challenge like i can't I, i couldn't sit there and look at it and be able to say yes i know i need to change a b and c unless i actually looked at something online to tell me how to do it and and that's kind of what I love about being able to actually hop on and just say, you know, this person has a good tuning and I suck at this, so I'm I'm going to pay for their tuning. I'm just going to use the the cash that I've been earning from races and and deck out my vehicle with their tuning because obviously they know what they're doing. And you know, they, it shows all the specs of you know how it tunes out the handling, the the acceleration, so on and so forth, the the top speed. Yeah. Oh, which apparently, funny thing here I'll mention, is uh, the Mercedes AMG, the red car that you end up driving there at the very end when you're racing against the C-130. Apparently, that car has not released yet. And apparently, Forza Horizon 5, with this car in there, and of course, this car is going to match near one-for-one specs as the real-world component, this Uh game basically leaked the specs of this official car. Huh? I was reading about it Whoops. somewhere, and yeah, it's like it's like people are finding that the new Mercedes AMG, the the cover car for Forza Horizon Five, is is actually what the specs are going to be for the the new one that hasn't even come out yet. And it's like, oh crap, that that's actually pretty funny. I, it kind of reminds me of how you know all those people are playing a uh, World of Tanks, and they'll they'll add a new tank in, and someone actually like leaks uh classified documents proving oh well you're completely wrong because the tank actually has this long of a barrel and it has fires this diameter of a shell and whoops you're not supposed to let that knowledge go yeah you're not really supposed to be handing over official manuals on that type of stuff right a a car is different in one regard because nobody is going to be able to afford that that Mercedes AMG. Put to the same but effect. I, I agreed, mean, agreed. That's classified. Agreed. But if the if Mercedes wasn't like cognizant of it when they helped to incorporate the car into this game, then that's on them. 
because because Forza just doesn't like Xbox Game Studios isn't just throwing these cars in willy nilly. I mean, they have right. to get licensing no, rights. They need to scan it's these like, cars. They need we're, to. We're trying to like you know everything. emulate exactly the car. So yeah, I'm sure that these guys have probably not only like you know, been around the car and modeled it. I'm sure some of them have driven it, you know, recorded sounds from it, everything. So it's just, yeah, it's just one of those interesting things I had to bring up because I wasn't sure if you'd heard about that one. But uh, let me ask you, Mm -hmm. what else have you been playing? Other than Forza, about the, well, no, I did play a little bit of Mass Effect, but we don't need to touch on that because I just finished Omega. That that's it. I'm still, I'm still a whole ways back in that one. But been playing a lot of Back for Blood. Yes, Back for Blood, the the zombie game from the original creators of Left for Dead, who decided to take the same mechanics of Left for Dead and do not everything with them because whatever reason. Yeah, but I I don't know. I I know that there's been a lot of migration back from back for for blood back to left for dead. Um but I, I don't know. I I really enjoy a lot of the aspects of uh back for blood. Now granted I have hit some of the same uh like card scenarios that the director has thrown at me and even at this point, I've even hit the same scenario like twice in a row, which was really weird. You know, where you'll have the the same like, oh, you're gonna hit a boss, and you're also gonna hit armored heavies, and you're gonna have armored zombies and mist. And it's like, didn't we just have those in the last round? <laughs> or like one of them we played where there's a boss on one of the levels, and it's as soon as we walked out the door that the boss was right there. So all we had to do was just walk through the rest of the level and. That was it. I kind of feel like that worked to our advantage, though. Well, it did because we had a minigun sitting right there. So it was easy enough just to unload the minigun on him, take him down, and then just move on to the next area. Right. No, like, I don't know. I've, I've been having a lot of fun with it. I Same. Of I course, mo- most of the play time that I've had it is with you, but I have played with some other people. And, yeah, no, it. I've only played as granted two characters. One of them I didn't know what I was really doing yet. But um, I've been playing with the Doctor a lot. Um, I don't know. What what, what are your thoughts on it so far? Well, I was going into it, of course, kind of hoping for more of the the Left 4 Dead. uh, More of the Left 4 Dead scenario and situation they'd be getting into. And for the most part, it's there. I think... I think Turtle Rock did a really good job of of calling back to what they had done when they originally made Left 4 Dead. Uh, I think my biggest gripes about the game itself have to be um, the bots and mm-hmm. then uh, playing with randoms because it seems like the randoms like let's start with the bots first, then go to randoms. Uh, the bots themselves, when they do come in. Um, they seem to get trapped on objects in the world much easier than you think that they would. They they seem to not necessarily detect that they're colliding with something. And so you'll have a bot stuck there for a while until it can kind of figure itself out that the AI finally jumps up and says, Hey, you're not supposed to be doing this. And then finally moves them around in the right area. Granted, of course, if you die, uh, then at least you get to take over as one of the bots until you get to the end of the level. So, hey, that's 
you can consider that, you know, kind of a trade-off, I guess, in that case. However, I, on the randoms part, it, it's just, you know, it, it's always going to depend on who you're playing with. I mean, I'm sure the fault is probably mostly on us because, like, we're not actually, like, communicating with them over mic or anything like that. You right. Know, we'll, we'll ping. We'll, like, I'll use the chat feature in there to actually type out a message. But so we're not necessarily, like, in the clear on all this anyway. But it just seems like some of the randos you play with are definitely more interested in doing their own thing and just kind oh, yeah. of kind of mosey away from the group and, and don't focus on the objective at hand. They just kind of like, oh, I'm going to just go this way, even though I don't need to go this way yet. Uh, those would be my bigger gripes. Otherwise, uh, well, no, actually, I do have a, I have a third one here. This is my last one, I promise. Um, and it's the way that the game director spawns in those tier two enemies the ones like the um uh oh my god why am i already drawing a blank on the names now like the tall boy and the tall boy the i don't want to call him grabber but maybe that's what he is um all of those types is that it seems like when they spawn in mm. they they can spawn in whenever i mean uh I make the comparison to Left 4 Dead here, but I think it's fair enough to do so. That when you jump into a game for Left 4 Dead, you are able to, you know, you're able to go through, you you fight, you know, you fight your regular horde of zombies, whatever. You fight a couple of groups, you're going through stuff. It's not like as soon as you walk out the door of the safe room, you immediately have one of those tier two enemies right in front of you that's ready to just pummel you or have like two or three of the same tier two enemy in the same spot at the same time. It just seems like the AI director or the game director needs a tweak to prevent that from happening because you can get so inundated so fast. Uh, there's no sometimes no escape out of it, and, and there, there's not even a choice to escape from it either. It's like you might be in one of those narrow corridors or in a house or a room or something, and it's like, oh, crap, they're all here. Right, or or there will be times where there will be no warning at all, or there will be times where you get – a warning way too early like you'll be hearing the enemy noise uh for a good almost like two and a half minutes before you actually encounter that one particular enemy that would normally be making that noise to to give you the warning that they're nearby it it, it kind of is confusing and like i said there'll be other times where you won't even hear the warning for enemies that or even where enemies can spawn at though too like there's there were yeah. a couple parts there where we were at in Act uh, 3 where where we would have some of those Tier 2 enemies actually like what they felt like spawning outside of the player area, like the actual like walkable mm -hmm. area. It just seemed like they were appearing there and that they were somehow able to break through that, that boundary you couldn't get through to actually get to you. It, it just felt like yeah. the way they were spawning in was a much greater area than what the player was allowed to get to. And I'd get that maybe in some cases, but for stuff like that, that just seems like that just seems like a big miss on turtle rocks part for not catching that in um, testing. Agreed. Um, that, and I going back to like the, uh, the player AI uh, for, for your allies or whatever. I felt like at times that there were they, they they'd get hung up on stuff, but the the computer wouldn't actually realize they were hung up on anything. Like they would just stand there and do nothing until you know you were way far away, and then you had to it 
that that particular AI had to play catch up almost. Yeah, or even uh, what was it that we were doing there in Act Three when that um, that little ferry boat, the little cable boat or whatever, you guys hopped onto it and you would you would kind of like started it up or whatever, and it took off before I could even get onto the the boat there in the first place. You know, and you mm-hmm. guys were all the way across that like river or whatever it was, and I had to wade across. You know, because we didn't know we could, because the whole thing had said to avoid the water, and each time we've touched the water, it seems like we've drowned and, and died. So I had avoided right. going in until the other guy on our team had told us to go and do it. So it seems like some of those events trigger a lot faster than they should until, you, you know, it seems like one of those things that should slow down until the entire team is within that that particular I, spot. I agree. Well, and like there, I don't, I don't recall there ever being a heads up because it said, you know, to to start or to to like fix the boat or whatever you you could use a toolkit or just do do the thing i didn't think that was gonna like fix it and start it type thing you know but i guess that was also my fault um i don't know there there have been other times where like the ai uh players will do like weird stuff where you'll be getting swarmed and they'll be shooting enemies and playing as like actual teammates almost just fine. But then all of a sudden a swarm happens and it's like they lose their minds and they just stand there and don't do anything. Yeah. Like a lot of hesitation in the, the bot AI to actually step yeah. up and help out with things. I, I get that. But even so, like with the, with the gripes itself kind of out of the way now, um, mm-hmm. The card system has definitely been something to get used to. I know we've had things like it in like Star Wars Battlefront 2. Um, but it definitely take a, it took a little bit of getting used to to kind of figure it out. But at the end of it, I actually do like the card system, though, as a way to at least help to enhance your experience in one form or another. Not only do you get the level modifiers where you might have those armored uh, the armored enemies, uh, but you also have like the speed run bonus where you get through it fast enough. You earn that extra copper. You, um, you know, you collect the blood samples. You can get the extra copper or, or what have you. But then also you get like the Agreed. team bonus cards though too that say like if you pick this card, then your entire team gains an additional plus five to stamina. You know, five percent stamina bonus or whatever. Um, you know, there's that, and then the armament system though too. You can bounce off each other too. Exactly. That, exactly. That was one of the things that I liked is you know you could take kind of tailor your decks if you had a deck that was tailored more for like uh, generating money for your team. Someone else could maybe have a deck that tailored more for a ta- team and attack defense, and you wouldn't have to worry about you know trying to get so many attack and defense bonuses because they were boosting the entire team the entire time exactly yeah you if you could play in a good four stack where you actually had everybody working and coordinating together absolutely you could do that and pick the deck that you want that that does correspond or at least have all the decks built out and then once you agree to what you're doing you've at least got one readily available um yeah so i agree with that exactly yeah is that you can help balance it out so that way everybody kind of has a role and responsibility in in it while they're playing the game too like one person might unlock a card that uh for them gives them uh, a bonus on reviving another player if they go down you know it's not going to do them any good but it does it for at least them being able to pick up the other players though if they do end up going down so i like the card system and i like the uniqueness of the different types of cards you can get um what i wouldn't mind seeing though is some sort of like random and maybe there is this and i just haven't really noticed it but some sort of like random deck generator so you could just say just like 
here's what I want to do. And then it can just go through all the cards you have unlocked and then just randomly create one based on what you selected. Like say like, I want a deck that focuses on healing or, or, you know, healing and armor. Well, okay. Then if mm-hmm. you're going to do that, then boom, it's like, we put all these cards together for you. You ha- still have X amount of slots left over because the rest of these cards don't match. So go and pick your other three or whatever, you know? Um, or maybe even if, uh, like y- you know how you have to get the, uh, supply, uh, what is it? The supply chain or whatever points. Yeah. If maybe besides just buying, being able to buy cards with the supply chain, if you were able to buy like deck plans and it was just, you know, Oh, this, this deck is tailored for this. All you have to do is now that you have the deck plans, you just have to have the cards. Exactly. That would actually be a fair thing. Or if you actually found them while you were going through the different levels, like you could find the random cards or you could actually buy cards if you find them while you're going through a level too that you actually could find something like that that would be a neat enhancement and i as someone who you know once you unlock all these cards it's like you're trying to figure out what's the best of the best here to make myself Mm -hmm. a better player uh especially if you change difficulty it would help to have some of that auto generation or some of that planning out there to help to help build out the best deck you can um well and it's it's like one of the times that i was playing with uh the the other uh, people I was playing with, uh, one of the guys that was just a rando that hopped on our team, he had a deck that was entirely tailored towards melee. So every time he actually hit like someone uh, with a headshot, just a melee headshot, he gained health, and he also gained speed. So he was constantly gaining his stamina and speed back and just boosting himself just by swinging a bat around. Like, I wouldn't wouldn't have known to do that because I don't have the time to invest into the game, but I wish I could download those deck plans. <laughs> yeah, at least to help. I mean, following guides online to be able to say, do this and do that is great and all, but to actually have it in the game so it can actually, so it can build it out for you would be kind of cool. Um, mm-hmm. On the weapon front, though, I think the weapon selection and the secondary weapon, uh, as well as all of like your auxiliary stuff, your uh, your explosives, your your healing stuff, and then your um, your I don't want to call it accessory. I don't know what I'd call it. Those types of things, you know, I think those are actually pretty well balanced, and that you can unlock expansions for those uh, slots in like those third, fourth, and fifth slots. So you can add in more of them as you go, and it ends up being a team shared thing. So you can have mm-hmm. you can have more bandages or, or more healing. You could have more pipe bombs. You could have more toolkits with you. Um, and then even on the weapon front that as you continue through and progress, you unlock the weapon attachments. You, you boost up the ability of your weapon as you're playing through. But if you decide to stop playing that run for the night, like you didn't die or anything, but you stopped at that safe, uh, that safe house and you start that run back up again at that point, all of those unlocks should be there. Granted, they're not going to carry with you as you go through each each uh, act, but you know you're at least able to hop back into the game with some type of like fresh built or already built out weapon, so that way you're not feeling like at a disadvantage starting it. You know, at, uh, the first part of Act Two, um, in the the third section of that one, it, you know it it helps for that part. But sometimes you're not as lucky and you you die and you have to start at that safe house again, but you've lost all of your attachments. See, and I I like I I feel like the uh, gun attachments also uh, give a constantly uh, evolving feeling to the game. Like 
you may be decking out a gun for like three rounds and think you have this really awesome gun, but then all of a sudden you find something that's like 15 levels above what you have and it does like 25 more damage and has nothing for attachments. It's like, well, maybe you need to upgrade. Maybe it's time to actually shift gears and, you know, change your weapon and try and evolve this new weapon and adapt, you know, a whole, whole different play style. Even if it means going from, you know, assault rifle to shotgun or from, you know, shotgun to, to hunting rifle, you know? Yeah. And especially finding those weapons around that already have some attachments on them too, that maybe yours doesn't have. Yeah. And finding the, just the single attachments, it, it makes the, the evolution and progression of that go so much quicker too. So, yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, I don't know what else I have to say on Back for Blood. I mean, I, I do like it. I don't have a problem with it. We haven't beaten it yet, but I, no. I, I do enjoy it. I mean, I, I do have a good time with it. So, you know, don't I see get me wrong. a lot of replayability in it. Uh, I for do, sure. too. Especially because, like, I'm hoping that we see kind of the evolution like we did with Left 4 Dead and Left 4 Dead 2, where they start coming out mm-hmm. with, like, more acts, more maps, more more areas. Um you know, add in some different characters, some different weapons, you know, mix things up so that way it doesn't become stale, at least. Or maybe even some play styles that, like, limit your cards or cause you, you know, that, you know, you can that play with, like, deck effects, you know. When, once you get a certain card, you have to burn a card in your deck. And, you know, that type of thing is just to see how the, the type of difficulty progresses and, you know, what kind of stuff they can actually add to the game. It's not a bad idea. I, I, I feel like, like there's a lot of potential there. So. I, I like the idea of that one. I really do. Yeah. So, yeah, let, I mean, let's hope that they do keep evolving it and they actually do keep uh, pushing forward with it because I think it's I think it's there. I think there are a few bugs, obviously, to fix out uh, or to fix in there um, and for them to things for them to sort out. God, I can't speak today, but. You know, that's with any game. I mean, there's going to be patches and fixes there, you know, as things go on, too. I just hope that they do continue to evolve it and add some more stuff in just to make it at least fresh. Because that that game director there for where enemies spawn at is just is in dire need of some tweaks. Oh, yeah, definitely, for sure. And uh, just for that matter, the, the amount and I, I guess maybe not level or just the way some of the special enemies spawn. It it just needs to be tweaked a little bit. It doesn't seem to be as smooth as it was in like left for dead. Right. But I don't know. Uh, we, we kind of touched on what I was playing and what we both played. What else have you been playing? <laughs> oh God. Um, well, so one of the big things has been eating up a lot of my time lately and I don't, well, I do know why, but I really don't know why, has been PUBG. Has been PUBG, uh, or what What do they call it now? PUBG Battlegrounds? Yeah. Because yeah, for some reason, Player Unknown Battlegrounds was not enough. Now they call it PUBG Battlegrounds because whatever. Anyway, I've been playing a lot of that. Um, Basically, every night, I think this week, I've been playing that. Um, I did a little bit of Counter-Strike, but Counter-Strike's Counter-Strike. But no, I've been playing pl- uh, PUBG and... Uh, with the different maps that they put in, uh, some of the little tweaks to things, you know, it's not bad. There are a couple, uh, there are a couple little design changes I'd probably make to some of the maps, but you know, I'd say overall, it's actually kind of been some pretty good evolution stuff. But it's really taking on more of what you've been seeing in the mobile space. Uh, things like, um, oh yeah, 
what I want to say here. Uh, things like really, really, really promoting like these skin packs or these these weapon skin packs, uh, these I was accessories. Ask about that. Yeah, because well, when PUBG first launched, the currency in the game itself were uh, battle points. And you'd earn them, of mm. course, as you uh, kill, as you, you know, you do assists, you do damage, um, as you win games and that, you know, and then you'd be able to spend that in the in-game store to unlock different things. And the only thing you'd have to pay real money on was to get keys to unlock um, the uh, the chests that you'd get in there, similar to the way Counter-Strike is. Um, right. But now what it's done is that as time has gone on, it's evolved to where you're now having to, like buy the keys and that still to unlock the crates. But now they've got a different currency system in there while still maintaining that battle point currency system. And 95 to like 99% of the things you can buy in PUBG, at like accessorizing your character, all the other stuff uses mm-hmm. this other currency system and you don't earn this currency. You have to actually buy this currency separately. And so it's like I'm sitting on like I spent some battle points on what I could. Uh, it was some type of like Halloween thing, I think, is what it was. I, I was spending them on uh, some timed mm-hmm. event, and I, I don't know what I got out of it, but whatever, I spent them. Um, but now that I've spent all those, I haven't come across anything else I can spend them on. And I'm just racking them huh. up, and it's like there, there's nothing I can do with them. But I don't want to go spend money on anything else in this game right now you know i don't want to accessorize my character with anything else at this point so i'm good but it's just like that's the only thing they've got in there is just they've taken on more of the mobile approach and they've got that currency system that just doesn't line up with what the original one was even so um i'm not the worst player at PUBG anymore still not the best but i'm definitely not the worst like i used to be i can be a bullet sponge when absolutely necessary or just happens for happening Mm. but i've definitely gotten better at the game than several years ago so that was actually a nice feeling uh, besides PUBG, uh, I actually installed and have been playing a lot of Splitgate as well too. Uh, Splitgate being the Halo meets Portal, uh, free game. Right. right. Uh, it's actually not too bad. It's got the same type of multiplayer modes that you would expect to play, like in Halo. Uh, like there's Team SWAT, Shoddy Snipers, uh, your Team Deathmatch, your Oddball type game, uh, Capture the Flag, uh, Point Control, all that basically there that makes the multiplayer in halo good but then you also add in the the bonus of portals so that itself has been fun and i like the fact that it's actually really quick to get into a game even though they're still having server load issues where so many people want to come in and play yeah that so many people want to come in and play it's you just kind of have to queue up to actually even get into the game in the first place not into a match but when you go and launch the game it'll tell you it's like hey the the servers are full just wait here and we'll get you in. And I think the longest I've waited is like 25 seconds. Huh. Which still isn't bad. I mean, that means I, that people I, I are cycling if that's in and an out. Effect. Because is, is that one uh, cross-play? Uh, yes, I think so. They, have, okay. they do have I, it on I was console say, now. I, I was, I was going to say, I wonder if that's an effect of it being cross-play. Because uh, th- those used to not be an issue when I when I had tried it out. But back when i had tried it out it had only been out for like a year or two uh, okay. and it didn't really have a huge install base at that time anyway right uh, which uh, you know i mean look at what happened with like among us you know that game came out mm-hmm. in what 2019 2018 and then 2020 with the pandemic it just blew up in popularity right. uh splitgate i think was just one of those things where people were feeling fatigue and it's like here's this free game it's been out for a while and it's like oh this is actually a lot of fun and the popularity just rose and i, I do like it it's 
even with that little bit of waiting, um, it's fast to get into matches. It it's very fluid and easy to understand exactly how to play. Uh, sometimes trying to figure out the right placement for portals and and taking down enemy portals can kind of mix you up a little bit, but it, it's a fun experience actually for a shooter. And if you haven't played it lately, Kyle, I'd recommend installing it and giving it another go because it's like I said, it's a very good experience. Fair enough. I I might have to give it another shot then because it it's been quite a while since I I had tried it out. Yeah, I think it's probably well worth it for you to go and check that out. Um, let's see what else have I been playing lately? I'm I'm actually trying to think because like out of all the other stuff, it has actually been playing a lot of games with you, especially. Um, I mean, here after we're done recording, we're going to go play some Battlefield 2042, so we'll be able to talk about that here soon. Uh, <laughs> let me think here, actually. I don't know if I've been playing much else, really, because it's like most of the stuff I'm playing online with other people, playing with you. Uh, I, I did dabble a little bit in Minecraft. Um, I mean, nothing. it's Minecraft. Nothing to report there. Um, right. Damn, I think that really is it for me. Like I mean, we've like it's wow. we've literally been playing stuff like together, and we haven't been reporting on it for the last month and a half, two months now. Um, so it's not like we haven't been playing stuff, but we've been really wrapped up in the news stuff, especially. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, but I think that is all I've got. Right on. Well, is that an episode? <laughs> I think that's it for this episode. Then. Hey. Well, cool. Well, then let's make this an outro. Just like always, of course, <laughs> you've been listening to us, the NPCs. If you like what you're listening to, and come on, be honest with us. Kyle, I think you can agree with us, like, with this part here, that if you're listening to us, you got to like us. So why don't you go ahead and subscribe to our podcast so that way when a new episode becomes available, you can listen to it right then and there. You want to find out what podcast platform we're supported on? Go check us out over on anchor.fm slash the-npc-podcast, the home of this podcast. All the platforms we're supported on are over there. Go subscribe. Go, go, go. Now, now, now. Of course, don't forget to check us out over on YouTube, though. Uh, go search for the NPCs podcast. That link is on our anchor.fm page as well. We've got videos up, of course. Uh, one of the big things I've been doing twice weekly has been the NPCs quick save five-minute news to get you up to speed on the video game you, news you might have missed. Of course, we've also got our news uh, live stream that we do every Saturday, so be sure to tune into that on YouTube and Facebook at 8 p.m. Mountain Time, or around 8-ish, you know, Mountain Time, but we'll be there. With that, that is everything, of course, for uh, this week. So thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll catch you all in the next episode. Bye-bye. <laughs>